This is a Federal News Network podcast. Contractors working in federal facilities are under the same orders as federal employees get a COVID vaccine or face a regime of having your nose swabbed every week. But agency guidance now in circulation seems to add additional burdens on the contractors' companies. We get more now from the president and CEO of the Professional Services Council, David Berto. And David, you've seen some guidance coming from at least one agency, looks like the NSA. What does it look like out there? Um, it's very confusing. It looks like a mess, actually, across the board. The intentions, while not stated this way, are pretty clear. Uh, we need more people vaccinated, and that's the way we're going to get on top of, uh, of COVID-19 and get on top of the Delta variant and whatever new variants are coming down the line. In addition, uh, you know, vaccines and vaccinated populations will help reduce the development and spread of new variants, which are clearly our risk here. Um, but the government is not ready to issue a mandate even for its own federal civilian employees. And so what they've done is set up a thing that makes it harder to be unvaccinated than to be vaccinated. Because if you're unvaccinated or if you refuse to say whether you're vaccinated or not, you'll get into a testing uh, regime. Lots of questions here and much of the guidance is not really guidance yet, right? It's press conferences, it's fact sheets, it's white papers, it's Uh, FAQs issued by a task force uh, unsigned by anybody. It's a form that's clearly just a template. None of this constitutes guidance. For contractors and and for contract employees, you have to have a document signed by an official who has the authority to direct you. And if it doesn't come centrally, as you know, it will come one contract at a time, one task order at a time. That's a recipe for discontinuity. That's a recipe for confusion. That's where we are today. Well, that does raise a lot of questions, as you say. What about the idea of self-attestation, which is what they are asking of federal employees? But I guess contractors can do that, too. Well, one of the big questions that has arisen almost since the beginning of the vaccination process is, how do you exhibit proof that you've been vaccinated? Um, you know, you've seen these little white cards you get when you get a vaccine. Well, those, as we know, are easy to counterfeit, and they're, they're already for sale on eBay, et cetera. Uh, and there's no uh, other mechanism for that. So the government's bypassed that entirely. You don't have to prove you're vaccinated. You just have to say whether you're vaccinated or not. But on the draft form, you are attesting this under penalty of, of telling the truth, right? And so uh, the government has already said, again, in the FAQs put out by the Safer Workforce uh, Task Force, uh, uh, that, that you'd be subject to actions if you lied on the form. For contractors, that's a little bit fuzzier. It depends on uh, a lot of circumstances. And companies, at least if you look at the draft NSA guidance, um, the companies are going to be responsible for managing this, not the government. So there's big questions about who's covered, uh, who who gets tested, who manages the testing, which tests are administered. You know, there's a lot of tests out there. It doesn't even say PCR tests versus rapid tests. It just uh, And what happens if you get a positive result? It's sort of implied that you go into quarantine, but again, no guidance anywhere. And left to its own, everybody will go their own way, which is not going to work. We're speaking with David Berteau, president and CEO of the Professional Services Council. And you also raise a question, too, about some employees may work in multiple agencies on different days of the week or different locations of a given agency. And there's no real clear answer on what happens location by location. So does that mean what? 
Right. So the administration's announcement, I'll just call it an announcement until we have a detailed guidance signed by an authorized official. Um, That announcement said it covers on-site contractors. Well, there's no good technical definition of what's an on-site contractor. Is that five days a week at the same desk at the same location? Uh, Is it somebody who goes to multiple locations multiple times? An awful lot of the work that we have done now, uh, you know, touch labor work that you can't do remotely, does depend on the location. If you're doing maintenance, you're going to go where the maintenance is needed. And you may not know at the beginning. We had one company that told us uh, they've got a team that's going to 15 separate uh, installations over the next two weeks. uh, And they're going to have to be on site at each one of them. Now, maybe they're a visitor. Do they sign 15 attestations if they are not vaccinated? Do they enter 15 different testing programs? None of that's been answered yet. And the other question is when this is all going to happen, because there's no date anywhere. This is when agencies shall reopen. They only had a month ago to submit their plans for what they call reentry and post-reentry. I've never been able to understand that phrase, but we don't know September 1st, September 27th, October 15th. There's no real definitive time when the administration expects people to be back vaccinated or otherwise. Obviously, there is no not, there is no time, but obviously there is a need to do it sooner rather than later. I mean, we had, uh, I think last Friday, two, over 250,000 new cases reported. So it's not like uh, we can sit back and, and relax and wait. Um, in addition, of course, this covers federal civilian employees, and you, you're covering this elsewhere in your program over the course of time. But these are subject to collective bargaining agreements, and you already have some federal unions have raised concerns about this. For federal contractors, um, the question has come up of, of how, does, how does this affect your own workforce? How does this affect our ability to recruit and retain workers? Um, especially if costs are not covered, which is the implication of the NSA guidance. The government's not going to reimburse you for the cost of testing. The government's not going to reimburse a company for the time that employees spend testing, and in particular, not going to reimburse you if somebody has to quarantine and, uh, and, and can't, can't perform their, their work. Well, this is going to be a real burden, especially on smaller companies that may not have the resources to pay people for long periods of time. All of this is kind of a way to get companies to act as a surrogate and mandate vaccines, even though the federal government's not ready to mandate vaccines yet, even for its own workforce. The question is, will people quit if you do that? We don't have a workforce that has excess capacity. Every single company that's a member of PSC has has vacant billets that they are having trouble filling. If you make it even harder to recruit and retain the workforce, nobody benefits from this. So we've got to get the vaccine under control, but we've also got to continue to be able to do the work. And getting back to that National Security Agency guidance, it says it intends to use the information submitted into our human management resources system and that includes contractor information, will be in the agency's HR system, which seems a little odd, but at the same I, time... I, I think it's unprecedented, yeah. It, 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 and and with, no, with no thought about what does this mean for managing data, um, as you well know, one of our biggest hacks, right, was the 2014 OPM data hack of uh, all the security clearances for both government and contractors. We're still living with the repercussions from that. Lots and lots of questions that still need to be answered here. Companies need to know what to plan for and how to execute. All right. David Berteau is president and CEO of the Professional Services Council. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. 
Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual, uh, afloat commands. Uh, The first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, And then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, It's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin and what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from C to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, And I I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was 
it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell C-stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment. And it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons and in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, 
we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. This episode is sponsored in part by U.S. Bank. What if I told you there's a credit card that's made for every kind of foodie? That's why I'm excited to share the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa signature card with you today. Card holders get four times the points on restaurant deliveries, takeout orders, and dine-in meals. Yeah, you can rack up points when you eat out or you order in. Plus, the card gets you two times points on groceries, even delivery, streaming services, and gas or EV charging station pit stops. And if you apply today at usbank.com slash altitude go, you'll earn 20,000 bonus points after spending $1,000 within the first 90 days. You deserve a credit card that gives you more and more and more. Apply to become an Altitude Go cardholder at usbank.com slash altitude go. The creditor and issue of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. Hi, I'm here on USPTO. It's almost the end of the year, and if you don't put me on a timesheet, I will be gone forever. Use me or lose me. Let's get away. It's getaway time. Get our best deals of the season on a new Hyundai. It's your journey. Own every mile at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now, get 0% APR for up to 36 months, plus zero payments for 90 days on select Hyundai vehicles. Hurry to your local Hyundai dealer today. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offer ends 1323. Call 1-562-314-4603 for complete offer details. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.